After all this, you still... I still want that gas, yes. And you had better deliver. I also figured out what caused the audio issue last time. You sound better here. I just wasn't sure if it was something that was, like, real or if it was just, like... It was a combination of, like, my internet being out and then, like... Okay. I didn't point the mic at my face the right way. Oh, okay. And then the gain was turned up all the way on top of that. So. Oh, jeez. So I just I did everything wrong for that one, but. Uh, We're doing it all right today. We are doing it all right, and we we got to make sure we get it right because, folks, this is this is an emergency episode, emergency pod. I'm joined today here with uh, Chief DC Correspondent and, uh, at this point, full-time co-host. Please welcome back, Josh. Always excited to be back, uh, including in cases of emergency, such as today. And, and this will combine um, both of uh, your key areas of expertise, uh, politics and pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, as is the subject of this, this you know, particular episode. Te- technically, you know, former or current uh, WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump, Donald <laughs> J. Trump, Donald Trump uh, indicted on um, what are these charges of business fraud, and I, I think there's some kind of campaign finance law violations suspect as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, the day that has long been awaited. Uh, maybe not the grand charges anyone was hoping he would face, but uh, charges nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, maybe maybe to so- somewhat untangle some of this, right? Um, this is one of those events that I just thought was never going to happen, right? Because my my cynical ass thought they're never going to indict any living president for a damn thing, because that would that would just open up new precedents, right? Um. And regarding Trump's storied uh, series of legal cases against him, right? Um, there's a couple. I'm just. Go, I'm going to follow CNN for all of this because for some reason CNN's not paywalled. Yeah, Point bizarrely to, enough, they're like the only one that's not. Corporate news network is actually uh, free to the public. Who would have thought? I thought it was the communist news network. <laughs> So to to kind of like uh, detangle some of this, uh, there are separate investigations regarding uh, the documents of Mar-a-Lago. That's a national security thing. Yeah. There's the DOJ investigation. There's the Georgia lawsuit uh, for the 2020 elections. And then there's pending individual lawsuits for separate things. Mm-hmm. But this is covering uh, the Manhattan DA investigation of all things. Um, and this is like early, like, post-2016 resist lib uh, stuff that, like, had just fallen out of my brain, right? Um, Yeah. And it's also also just another point I had to bring up, right, is that with my cynicism, I did forget one thing. Our criminal justice system does represent somebody. Business shareholders. You (laughs) You fraud big business, they will come for you. And that's that's really the enemy that Trump made with this, you know. Forget forget his uh, storied uh, excesses in office; he was never going to get in trouble for that. Maybe, but you know, fraud and uh, business misconduct. Oh, he's in trouble for that. 
And specifically, this is the uh, the big thing that Occupy Dems was posting about a lot on Facebook and Twitter and other shit, which was uh, the hush money paid to Stormy Daniels and some of the other Michael Cohen stuff, right? Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, it's... You know, when, I, when you had written down in the outline that, like, this was, like, early resist, uh, resist lib stuff, and it just, it all just came pouring back, right? Just that whole era of desperation, cringe, all of it. And, like, this case, like, I remember uh, there was, like, a push that, like, uh, I, I don't think Stormy Daniels in this case is represented by her original lawyer, but uh, I remember that first one, uh, Michael uh, Avenatti, I believe. Michael, um, he, not, oh my! God. I remember, like people were like, "Oh, he is like an American hero for like taking on this case and stuff like that." Just the most insane hyping up of um, bullshit over this stuff, right? And like, this is, you know, I and I know some people kind of dismiss this as something of a nothing case because um, it and you know I've seen people describe it as a technicality, right? Did the hush money come from him or did it come from like his campaign? Um, and like you know it's a major campaign finance law violation, right? If he gets off the hook for this, that kind of sets a pretty dangerous precedent yeah. um, in terms of you know what you can can't do with campaign money, right? If hush money's on board, then you know basically anything's on board uh, for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like of the the main cases that are like coming forth, right? I mean, this one is the one that he's getting indicted on first, but like those other ones have you know farther sweeping uh, consequences for democracy, right? Like you know, trying to you know various efforts to overturn elections and things of that nature. Um, yeah, I mean, like, but you know, this is step number one. Will it be the uh, only step? <laughs> that's actually taken is sort of an open question and you're you're right to say that and I, I think that's kind of one of the things that people have been emphasizing too is that like you know this sort of sets an interesting precedent as you know the first president who has been indicted um this does you know sort of open the doors and i, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing um like i i think that you know like yeah presidents when they break the law should be you know should face some consequences right i mean they already commit you know dozens of war crimes apiece, you know, sometimes on a uh, a daily basis. Uh, you know, like, I think the least they can do is, you know, face some minor, you know, legal repercussions. Yeah, and, like, I- ironically, what I've been doing in the background while I haven't been releasing episodes is catching up on Scandal, if anyone remembers that show. Oh, God. And that was, like, a pre-Trump <laughs> fixture in, like, network TV yeah which is which is of like just um shows about the west wing but like combined with like the anti-terror elements of 24 and stuff like mm-hmm. that um so just, just it was a little did... behind the times on that but yeah yeah I, I don't think there's been any like especially after the kevin spacey shit with uh house of cards and them like kind of just gracefully trying to finish it off with one last season i don't think there's been any like interest in like a white house production except for that one showtime original of like uh some weird james comey versus uh there was there was a designated survivor Mm. how is that still around i let me take a look i Uh, do remember that show like yeah i I um watch it actually 2019 i i think it's done they did three seasons of it 
last was on Netflix. So that was with like Keith or Sutherland. It was an interesting premise, and I remember there was like there was one episode where there was like some controversy over um uh and keep that in mind at the time, uh Rick Snyder was uh governor of Michigan and there was like mm. one of the early episodes, uh, because this is like, you know, a terrorist attack, you know, blows up the Capitol building during the State of the Union. So like, you know, the designated survivor, you know, assumes the position in the White House. Um but uh, there was a situation where, like, the governor of uh, Michigan was, like, just, like, rounding up people in Dearborn, Michigan, which is, like, a place with, like, a high concentration of uh, Muslim population, right? Um, in response to the terrorist thing, and there was, like, some controversy over that about how, like, it's wrong. It's like, well, that's the point, is it's a pretty malicious political act, <laughs> like, that would totally happen from, all, like, I mean, I think we're increasingly seeing that in a post-Trump world that, you know, many uh, uh, more conservative governors would gladly throw minority populations of whatever sort under the bus. I mean, it, it did happen, right? With um, yeah. Trump's um, ICE department basically picking up random people in, like, in Sterling Heights, Michigan, right? Not necessarily like Dearborn, but somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. There was like a guy who I think he was like a Chaldean refugee from the Iraq War, grew up here has no knowledge or way to get around Iraq when he gets deported. And I think just died on the street out of, you know, just not knowing what to do. It's also happened with like populations you wouldn't expect, right? Like there was um this case of a guy who was um adopted by white parents from South Korea, but the paperwork was never properly filed. And then once he comes yeah. of age they just chose to deport him to South Korea. And again, guy grew up in America, doesn't know Korean, how doesn't know how to get around. <laughs> He's supposed to make that shit work. Right. So, I mean, and, and, I, and I know this is a bit of a diversion, but I'm also reading um, James Ackerman's uh, Reign of Terror, which is about, like, the Bush era lead up into mm-hmm. Trump and, like, the war on terror and, like, the legal morasses that they're in there, right? So that's kind of been the direction our federal government has been running in unfortunately for a while and to another point right like the way we lionize these weirdo lawyers like michael avenatti was one during that era um who's who's the one prosecutor that everyone was getting like really wet for what was his name um robert Mueller. He, there was Mueller, uh, there was a different one who was like because like Mueller was just there tied to like the investigation right and I mean, I remember where, like, you know, you had, um, God, there's an audiobook of the Mueller report by, who did it? Because I remember they released an audiobook version of it, and it was, like, by someone, like, you know, major. Um, it wasn't the Mueller She Wrote podcast, was it? No. Um, I don't think it was this one. Audiobook. I'm not seeing like I'm not, I'm, I'm mistaken. I thought there was like one where there was like they got like you know Hillary for it or something stupid. Like, they would do some shit like that too. <laughs> yeah, like and like there's a million versions of it. Like it just like looking at it on Amazon, like which is funny because it's like a, a freaking like <laughs> it's a free government document, and there's people like you know selling you know like hardcover copies of it. Like come on, um. And, and and I know that, and the report was pretty successfully undermined by the administration at the time to like basically mm-hmm. uh, 
be forgotten about. Like there was like legitimate like crimes that were highlighted there. It's just that like Moeller like you know didn't see it his his position to like necessarily recommend yeah uh, action and like I I don't know I mean that's it that's the kind of I mean Moeller was a a Republican he wasn't all really liberal but like that's just kind of that culture has that like really passive just accepting the way things are this worshipness of civility and you know what's the uh the dignified thing to do in different situations and i think that's just you know i mean we're we've been we've been reaping the consequences of that for the past uh exactly six years so like <laughs> nothing that should be new and, and robert Mueller again it's like you know to our nation's detriment was involved in like coming up with like those uh legal fig leafs about torture and uh enhanced interrogation so you know what he's willing to do to defend the republic quote unquote you know it's it is wrapped up in this repeated notion we continue to bring up of american civil religion civic religion whatever you want to call it yeah uh which again like this that that the heyday of those of, of the post twenty sixteen resistance lib media sphere. Does it feel good remembering any of it or not? That's, that's no, thing. no. Oh, it's God. and like I mean, I I was even seeing some of the memes where like the uh they, when those took off like around that time as well. The whole like Hillary Obama and uh, Biden on like the phone like talking to each other like that stupid meme format. Like the girl and all that. Like I just saw a bunch of that pop up again. I'm like, dude, this is like. I mean, I, I know people like you know. It's probably a little overplayed where it's like, oh, you know, like the reason why Democrats are not as successful electorally as maybe they ought to be is because they're cringe. But I'm like, dude, their voter base in some cases is like some of the cringiest people on the planet. Um, I mean, they have nothing on uh your uh your homeboy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, we just you just sent something from him earlier. Oh, well, well, well he's he's definitely going to come up here. Uh, uh, John McNaughton. Yeah, yes. John McNaughton. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god! <laughs> Holy cow! Just, okay, so for the <laughs> listeners who cannot see this, if eventually I'm going to get better at like editing the videos so that you know you can see everything we're looking at. But uh, John McNaughton, for those who are uninitiated, you might have seen his content floating around uh, the dark morasses of the internet does like these very stiffly realistic paintings that I can only describe as like modern frescoes of American civil civil religion, but it's all like pro Trump. And what's like, uh, that's, that's like the unique thing about it. Right. Is that it's this, it's this higher art form than like a usual MAGA meme. Yeah. But the content is like utterly repulsive. So the image, the image here is like, You've got ex-presidents, founding fathers, and then you've got Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, and Harriet Tubman on the same side as well with Robert E. Lee. And they're all like laying hands on Trump and praying for him. And Trump is at the table praying in front of the Declaration of Independence, a set of keys, and and the Bible. <laughs> not, not in its proper upside-down rotation, but you know. <laughs> Just... Oh God! Yeah, so, yeah. it's it, like his, his whole his whole his whole timeline. I mean, I, the first time I encountered him, I was just like, "This is this is the most embarrassing person on this site." 
Uh, I can't remember what it is. And that's, you know, even, and that's on a site where someone paid $44 billion to uh, literally insert his name into the fucking algorithmic code of the, <laughs> the site. I just. But yeah, it's all just like. It's it's like I I, not, I don't know how not like... a hint of irony, just <laughs> and like I mean there's already like those like ones of like the like I don't think he did them but like the ones where like you have like the presidents from like both parties like you know having drinks together and stuff like that and playing cards and stuff I mean like I don't think he did those but like those I already thought were like kind of cringy because it's like. Yeah, like, these people are on all technically under, like, the same partisan label, but there's no way that they would actually, you know, <laughs> work with each other. No, and it's, like, it's such a... <sighs> oh, there we go. This Here's 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 a juicy one. Uh, <laughs> you want to describe of... this one? <laughs> oh, God. So, you've got Trump just, like, holding this tattered flag, and what is it? What is it in his, like, what's the rag in his other hand? I think that's like a handkerchief because uh, he's just he's finished weeping. I don't know. Like, check out this one of the uh, uh, January sixth indictee. Oh my god! What are you? What are you showing me? Yeah, scroll down on your messages. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, this one was funny. <laughs> this one was so funny. <laughs> This one then translated back into something at CPAC where, like, a guy was, like, literally feigning crying in prison. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene, like, comes in to console him. And it's, like, I don't know what to describe it, but, like, the way you said it was perfect was, like, without a trace of irony. Yeah, it's just... I don't know what else to describe that, and I'm not saying this in, like, a punitive or, like, sarcastic way. I don't care about, you know, people being religious or not. But, like, you can only act this way for something you believe beyond reason. And, this, oh, and that, that's what this is. And I, I, I know people are probably sick of me keep harping on, like, civic religion as, like, a net foolproof way to explain, like, why people act like this. But, I mean, John McNaughton is the most distilled example you can find of this shit. I don't know. Oh, 100%. Um, almost okay. worth a uh, no. I was, gonna, I was gonna say almost worth a fo uh, a follow. Just, just, but I'm like, no, I I couldn't I couldn't bear we, that. We, we, we could do a follow up, but like we would have to like have video of each one, and then maybe we'll get a couple other people to help us out. If it's just me and you, we're gonna like start crying. Oh yeah, just like gouge <laughs> our eyes out. And, <laughs> oh my god. Oh gosh. So I, I guess I don't know. Moving moving on with with this right. Um. Facts of the case, I'm not sure what else we can say other than, like... Um, we don't even know the precise charges at this point. Yeah, it's like the, um, the jury just voted to indict. We don't know what he's going to be charged with yet. Or do we? Like, we know it's, like, what it's, like, tied to, that it's tied to that hush money and whatnot, but we don't know, like, you know, specifically the legal charges yet, at least the last I had seen. Um Yeah, I, I, we still ha it's still a very much a uh, wait and see kind of uh, situation, but it's it's interesting because because again, like I think as as recently as last week was when like those AI images of like Trump being arrested came out, right? 
It might, you know, what? because like he had said, um, he like Trump had announced his own arrest that he was going to be arrested soon, and people should like go to the streets, protest, uh, burn down buildings, <laughs> basically like all but calling, like directly calling for violence, acknowledge that there would be violence and that it would probably be justified. Um, so you know, really helping his other, you know, the January sixteenth, yeah. if that ever <laughs> materializes. Um, but yeah, I mean, and this is, of course, you know, I mean, the, the, just the reaction and the you know conservative sphere towards this has been uh, pretty much what you would expect. Uh, hilarious whining. Um, how could they do to this to us? Uh, Trump, of course, called this a witch hunt. Not shocking. He will say that about any legal charge, right? And it's like, well, yeah. you know, sometimes sometimes witch hunts find witches, right? And uh, I mean, I don't even think this was necessarily a witch hunt. I mean, this is. I mean, this is kind of the thing where, like, if this was the only thing Trump had done wrong, yeah, it would probably backfire, right? But I think most people are kind of, you know, at least in, like, the mainstream, I think are out for enough of his blood that I, I think that, like, even this is, you know, fine, right? It's not like Bill Clinton in the 90s where being, you know, legally charged for, well, technically for lying about receiving a blowjob, not for actually, you know receiving one but you know that was seen as absurd right because it is because it kind of was uh this is like okay like it's a little different when you know there's actual like you know financial implications here there's um i, I think most people recognize that this is like the least of his sins in some ways like yeah <laughs> And and like that that's again my cynicism there, right? Where it's like of all the things to get him on, it's funny that it's this, but at the same time, right, it's like I think I think Trump is unpopular enough that enough people are like, fuck it, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but I mean we we can get into the GOP situation in a sec. I really really what I wanna know is was this the work of Dark Brandon? Did did Dark Brandon <laughs> order the hit? I, I I don't think so. He's been like, nowhere to be found. He's been <laughs> he has been nowhere to be found. I think that's by design. Um, at least on the, like this issue, like I think it's very much by design that he is, you know, avoided being seen um, having anything to do with this. Um, whether or not that's for the best, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I like I, I, I mean, it's a state issue technically. That's true. Um, it's not a federal one. Um, He's preferred to remain invisible on those two, to be fair. But I, I kind of get it, right? Like, I think that this is like, on some level, I think that they're, you know, subservience to the idea of like looking non-political is ridiculous, right? I mean, that's why Mueller has taken, you know, the better half of a century to like muster up the courage to, uh, you know, file charges. Um, or not Mueller, um, Garland. Um, yeah. The other, you know figure of religious worship on from some uh you know lesser informed people on the left um <laughs> but uh yeah i mean like you know it's it's i i think that you know keeping biden out of it a little bit makes sense just in the sense that like you know it does look a little bit more vindictive when you have the former or current president going after the former president right i mean i think you know there's obviously all the irony with you know lock them lock her up right and yeah, here we are with with this, but I, I I don't think that that vindictiveness was really like attractive to people in the public, right? I mean, I think Hillary was a 
poorly liked figure enough that I don't think Trump was like particularly punished for it. But you know, it's that that was the that general brand of vindictiveness was not really attractive to a lot of people. Yeah, and I I think like it just when you get pushed in that brand of defending Trump or defending the Democrats you get put into just a very if you choose to go that route it's alienating for everyone else it's not really something you can pitch to the mainstream right yeah um but yeah again i the time will tell if if brandon had anything to do with this but um i you would expect like democrats to be making a little more hay out of this um, or they might still be like caught by surprise by this. You never know. It's, it's, it's been a like a miasmic couple weeks with everything going on. So having this like come out of the blue is almost like okay, what is the take on this? Yeah, I mean, it, you're right that like it's kind of. <sighs> I, I, it is weird that like there's just a general lack of acknowledgement from political leaders and whatnot. I mean, maybe it is just sort of this malaise of not having to do a thing. I, I guess like I, I don't know. Again, is this just trying to avoid looking like you know a sore winner or whatever? Um, I don't I, know. I, I think that's fair because it would be an uncharacteristic amount of intelligence to basically be like okay we failed the impeachment if we come in and celebrate this we are going to look like we're having a little too much fun um but yeah i i i'm not sure what the democrat strategy is on this um and i'm not sure what the republican strategy is on this either because like 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 we've been talking about in past episodes right mm-hmm. um there is only like a loosely uh, concentrated core of leadership. Um, I don't even know what that's like now that you know Mitch McConnell is out sick. Um, and basically, <laughs> yes, sick is that is that the story we're running with on this? <laughs> Formally, he's sick. Personally, I think you know they've they've got him on the same. It's probably the same situation they had with uh, Queen Elizabeth, where it's like okay. She kicked the bucket like three months ago. We'll just have a hologram around until we need yeah, to. Yeah, might might be a, a Walt Disney situation. Who knows? Could be. Could be. You never know. Um, but uh, all that all that aside, right? Is like there's there's very loosely affiliated teams, right? Like Trump seems to be the biggest camp, but with this, you don't know where his uh, where his uh, bannermen will, will will ride to. DeSantis, you know. Well, the question is, do they ride anywhere? That that's really the thing. That's really the thing. Because like, I mean, DeSantis- like, there's there's no reason that they necessarily need to. Um, you can, I mean, you can run for from from prison for political office, like if it comes to it, like you technically can. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Our boy, uh, you know, Eugene Debs. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least he did it for something good and moral. You know? <laughs> Not to just get out. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Um, but yeah, I mean that's you know that's where we're heading. But uh, yeah, I mean if anyone, I don't know how many people this peels off. Like I, there was God, I think it was actually on the Daily Show where someone was interviewing people at a Trump rally, and they he said like the reason he was at uh, or it wasn't a Trump rally, it was at um, I think Nikki Haley's announcement. 
and he's talked about why he forgot she announced i right it's like so nikki haley and tim scott did announce earlier you did you did wait tim scott announced didn't you mention that or did tim scott just speak at her announcement uh let me see it would be so funny if like he did announce and no one knew uh, the last I, there, I saw readying for takeoff on Politico from from March twenty second. <laughs> Next steps in lead up to presidential announcement. Um, God, I mean, I don't think the public's ready for the uh, the things Trump will say about Tim Scott. I, I th- and and the thing about Tim Scott, right, is like they do they do like the token black Republicans so many times now. Like this is what they did with um. Who was it against Romney? Was that um Herman Cain? Her- they did it with Herman Cain. Uh, Rest in peace. R.I.P. Trump killed him. Trump- <laughs> Remember, he died at that. He died at his rally after getting COVID. <laughs> that, that, that's what. That's basically where where I was going with this. Right? Is that like? <laughs> Tim Scott to me, like I don't even think he's bold enough to fit like the Herman Cain, um, Andy West. Uh, I mean, they had like Ben Carson, who was like dead in the water. Other yeah, than, Ben. Like, ben that, that's what I'm saying. Ben Carson, low energy Ben. But then, um, that's what I'm saying. Is like there were like weird Tea Party firebrands who were fitting like the black identity lane, at least like prior to Trump. Tim mm-hmm. Scott doesn't even have that going for him. I don't. I don't know what his angle is yeah like i mean that and that's the thing that i have i mean like that's just i I have a lot of issues with the uh gop field but um you know that's kind of neither here nor there um but you know it's um because i'm thinking of like who you've got like running and like the desantis thing is interesting but like you have uh nikki haley running uh but anyways what i was saying about the person that was at the rally was they had said that the reason they had defected from trump and we're looking for a new candidate was because Trump had said something mean about DeSantis before the election. Oh my god. So like and and like so the guy was like, you know, it was again like, you know, kind of like daily shows, you know, they're kind of like hyping it up in a lot of um it's the ways, right? You're like, oh, was it like kids in cages? Like what made you like turn? Like, you know, like all the stuff that you would and like framed in a way that would make you think like, oh yeah, this is like a really horrible thing that Trump did. And like that would probably make your support waver. And the guy's like, no, of course none of those stupid things. Like he says I'm mean about another Republican before the election. It's like just insane. Um But yeah, I mean, like you have this weird field. Um let me just see who's formally running. Nikki Haley announced, and it's it's funny because I think we definitely did the episode after she announced. And um I think we just sort of collectively, like unconsciously agreed. There was this unspoken agreement that we we wouldn't talk about it. Because again, like who cares? (laughs) Who cares about Nikki Haley? I again, like everything I can say about Nikki Haley, I've already said about Bobby Jindal. I'm serious. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, she has like an advantage in the sense that she's a woman, where it gives her like this extra lane to check. Um, I think it's hilarious that she was like all hyped up about like, oh, we you, we can't win the uh, uh, analysis. Okay, there's one other candidate. So there's Trump, Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy. 
Oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. Like some weird tech bro is uh, <laughs> jumping in. And I don't know. He All I know about him is that he's just really excited to like be a transphobe. That's all I know. I didn't even know that much. This is the first I've ever seen him. He, he keeps showing up in my For You, and I'm just like, man. Uh, there's some other declared cool. ones. We have uh, John Anthony Castro. Well, that's a dead-on arrival. That's um, <laughs> Perry Johnson. Oh, right. Yeah, this guy. So this is the guy. He had a Super Bowl ad. Um, because one of my students wanted me to show uh, this to my, my class. Like, one of my former students wanted me to show this to my class. And I didn't get around to it because, uh, you know, disaster struck campus and mm-hmm. it didn't seem appropriate anymore. But this is the guy who had the Super Bowl ad where he announces his candidacy. But it's like buried in this weird thing where it was the like the deep fake fat like AOC Pelosi and like the Democrats in it. Huh? Yeah, you've probably seen it. You just didn't realize it was tied to this guy. I don't even re- I. I'm... Honestly, I think the reason why I missed it is because my Super Bowl watch party this year was just people who wanted to watch the halftime show. So we probably gave up after that. Let's but, see. Damn, someone did a presidential launch during Super Bowls. That's crazy. Yeah, where is the... So he did one... I guess he did two, because he did one where it's that he's a quality guru. Quality Guru is the title of it. And then there was another one where there, it's like like fat morphed like you know, House of Mirrors versions of like Democratic politicians. It was really bizarre. Huh. You have Steve Laffey from Rhode Island. Don't know who he is. Corey Stapleton Montana Secretary of State and member of the Montana Senate. Um, decisions Pending Chris Christie is debating throwing his hat in the ring. Uh, we saw that this week. Oh, gosh. I, I, like, I, I, I mean, it's not that unusual for, like, former losers to, like, you know, sneak their way back in. But, like, this guy has just, like, whatever political, like, shine his brand had is long gone. Yeah, I just, you know... Having having watched the greatest documentary on life in New Jersey, The Sopranos, <laughs> uh, Chris Christie is like, I don't know what people would make of him other than like being like the smarmiest, like most unlikable guy in the room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and again, like, he, I'm not saying this lightly, but like the way he stuck to Trump after losing the debates in 2016. Was kind of proof that he was bitch made. And like, he was really angling for like a chief of staff job or something in the cabinet. Didn't even get, didn't even get it. Yeah, he got fired. He was on the, he was the head of the transition team and he got fired before they were even, you know. Oh, now he moves in transition. Right. Yeah. Well, he didn't, he didn't complete the transition. So. Oh, God. I just, (laughs) I just, I I have Um, no respect for Christy. I really don't. I don't have any respect for that guy. Just knowing that like, he was one of the Bush admin lawyers and probably had his hands in a bunch oh, of horrible yeah. shit. Guy, guy, guy's a crook. No, well, the, the, only, the only sympathy you ever expressed to him was uh, like some like physical image sympathy. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a fellow big guy. I get that. I get that. But you know, Jersey's a small state with a lot of big guys in it. What are you gonna do? What are you? Hey, hey, hey! Take it easy. 
Um, we can. We don't have to go for all these. Mike Pompeo, I've seen floated around a bit. That, no way. Gonna... No way. Like he might have not. There's no way. Who, who aside from like this one suburb in Virginia is gonna vote for Mike Pompeo? Right, John Bolton. Zero percent chance. He hasn't like, he run before and just gotten nowhere. I have no idea. Like this, just I couldn't imagine being like. Yeah, this is someone who should run for like. But Bolden is a charismaless ghoul, also from the Bush admin. Yeah, well, also in the Trump admin <laughs> for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he, he's he's just a natsec ghoul. I don't know why he thinks. And it's very funny that a natsec ghoul thinks, "Oh, I actually don't enjoy this this back alley stuff anymore, where I have more power. Let me run for office. I want people yeah. to like me." That's so yeah. odd, right? Yeah, Tim Scott, we mentioned. Uh, other potentials: Greg Abbott and Glenn Youngkin. Apparently, just any of like the governors that you know are, have I mean, been moderately successful. Yeah, um, Youngkin. I don't. I don't get Youngkin at all. He's getting greedy. He's he... right. Yeah. The the other two. So the big two, right, are Mike Pence and Ron DeSantis. Mike Pence has oh, got to be. Declared? No, he has not declared yet. But these are the two that are like likely to declare there was an announcement i I think his campaign for pence's campaign i think it might have filed for him but he had denied it um but yeah so like i the pence candidacy i don't see the point right he he's he has zero lane in which he's appealing because it's like you you have either the fact that he's a traitor to a fearless leader or Maybe if you liked that about him, because now it's like also it's your actual contrast. Uh, you know, God forbid we have that in a primary um, on either side, really, <laughs> um, in a competitive sense. But like, he's also like just like continuously. I mean, this is like, I mean, I know we're getting to like some incel territory with this, but like Pence has got to be like the prime specimen of a beta male, average Indiana person. Don't worry. <laughs> but like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's like the, he's asked in interviews, like, "Oh, geez, like you know, uh, Trump said that it's perfectly understandable that uh, people said hang Mike Pence." He's like, "Well, you know, I had a beautiful relationship with the president." Like, complete beta energy. Like, he makes Jeb Bush look like the most high energy alpha individual on the face of the earth. I I personally chalk up Mike Pence's weirdness to being midwestern and i'm not saying that as an excuse i'm really saying that as like if you look at conservatism within the state of indiana as like a regional phenomenon how it was like the only midwest hub of the clan for example Mm -hmm. um formations with like big pharmaceutical companies like eli Lilly, and how like you know this is a man massive pharmaceutical company running in this state that's also like markedly conservative in its politics, socially and economically. Um, and just like, you know, the, the farce of Midwest nice, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. we're as reactionary and regressive as people on the coast, but we wrap it up in this kind of like courtesy. Uh, I'd say that for everybody in the upper Midwest. Right. So mm-hmm. Pence just kind of sits uniquely at that intersection. Despite him, like, you know, uh, being born to liberal parents, of all things, right? 
Um, he makes it, he cuts his bones as like a talk radio guy. But I mean, you know, like Rush Limbaugh was like the face of talk radio, right? Aggressive, foul mouth, hateful. Pence is like the same views, but like that, like glass eyed politeness for all of it. You know what I mean? But there's that, but like it delivered with like a cadence that just screams, I'm dead inside. Exactly, exactly. Because that, <laughs> I mean, that's the death drive at the heart of reactionary politics. That's, yeah. That, that's really it. But. It's it's this regional oddity. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and of course, that leaves uh, you know Ron DeSantis, who who was originally going to be a a major focus of what we were going to talk about before, um, and will probably be for today as well. So yeah, obviously, is not declared yet, uh, and he has an interesting role to play as uh, technically Trump's governor. Um, he has publicly stated he will. He will refuse to extradite Trump uh, to New York for you know to face these criminal charges. However, he is constitutionally uh, not allowed to do that, which conveniently puts him in the same place Pence was uh, for January sixth, uh, where he's going to have to do the thing that's going to piss off the Republican base, and Trump will further weaponize that against him. It's it's also just I, I feel like it's it's DeSantis saving face right because. He has to prove his loyalty to Trump, but he has to, like, define enough of a separate lane, right? And I don't think that, like, it it doesn't exist. Like, I mean, it kind of does in the sense that, like, he's, like, it it, it feels like a a mix of, like, Trump with, like, a conservative version of, like, a really conservative version of Al Gore. Where it's just, like, this, like, guy who's in... Not even like into like the nuance of policy, but like has these like really just neat, super online interests, right? Where like, and yeah, these impact real people. Like a lot of the anti-trans stuff impacts real people, exactly. but it's it's stuff that I don't think like like certainly if you go on the streets and ask someone what's your top, you know, what are like your top three political issues, that will almost certainly not come up unless they're just like someone who's just like insanely online has their acts together completely where they don't you know like they don't need to worry about like financial stuff or anything like that um but you know like it, it just like that kind of stuff where like his the stuff he focused on the stuff you know like the culture war stuff with disney right where it's like oh i'm going to uh basically you know appoint a dictator um you know the city manager more or less over their um their regional zone to like take control of their park basically and then they figured out a loophole to stop that one of the easiest loopholes to finish that <laughs> right a, a loophole that somehow like it's like oh it, you know ref- basically makes it so it doesn't take effect for 30 years which is like what's the point <laughs> like but like all of this stuff where it's like there's no way like anyone but like online bots and just lunatics could possibly care about any of this and I think, like, this is where, like, pathologizing a politician can get dicey, but is also maybe somewhat of a useful exercise, right? Where it's like, if you can, and I don't know everything about DeSantis, I don't know how he got into politics the way he did, but just knowing that, like, he used to be a history teacher at, like, a private boarding school mm-hmm. explains certain neuroses. Not all of them. But, like, I'm not shocked that like he's basically a reactionary dork at the at the end of the day. 
And and in someone who's like you know on top of being a reactionary dork has possibly even deeper insecurities than Trump, which is like impossible to fathom. But like just everything that has come out about him, with you know just some of like the weird stuff, like where like you know like they were gonna pass a law that like Newt Gingrich, fucking Newt Gingrich of all people, criticized him for, uh, for this law that would like require like media outlets and and blogs to like register if they're going to talk about him in an article like you're put on like a registry if you would do that and like all these like ridiculous things that are just so deeply insecure that i'm like you know what like trump would at least like kind of face that down um and you know even like his book tour where they were like banning people with uh you know maga hats and stuff like that if they've got MAGA hats, they're not allowed to go to his like book signings. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. I think like what DeSantis is trying to do, and it's it's very weird because it's like, how does he think these groups are separate? And maybe maybe there is some like nuance that I'm not aware of. But um, is he trying to get the teal the Peter Teal money when he like tries to distance himself from Trump a little bit? Is that what's going on? I don't know, but I mean, he's definitely not, it's definitely not going to make him a successful candidate. And it's definitely, you know, if, you know, Trump is, you know, put into a position where he just can't run. I don't see, like, the MAGA group, like, flying to Pence or uh, DeSantis. Uh, definitely not to Pence, but uh, I don't know where they go. And and, and again, like, it, it is a complete farce to believe for a moment. And I mean, again, I've been proven wrong before, so maybe let me not say this with my whole chest. But I don't know how how uh, DeSantis thinks he's going to stop Trump's like you know proceedings, considering that Florida's chock full of federal installments already. Right. I I, I like it. It is it is Kabuki. It is um, kayfabe as we've discussed before. But at at a point like you think the hemming and hawing will end in some kind of decisive showdown if not a showdown like a clear distinction of like where the lines are to be drawn and i honestly think that if that doesn't happen desantis is literally going to hem and haw his way through the primaries trying to like compete for trump's base without outright like saying he deserves to be the successor to trump or uh, conversely uh taking a shot at trump you know what i mean well and you know we're already in that like sort of shadow primary and like trump has been going hard on him but like anytime that like a reporter will ask him about this he's like well uh you know like it's like just like in 2016 where like all of them refuse to like actually like go back at trump where they just kind of like you know like oh yeah like he you know ted cruz gets you know called like you know the son of the guy who killed jfk and He's just like, well, you know, like, that's not true, but, you know, whatever. Like, and that's basically just like what DeSantis is doing. And it's like, well, you're not going to, like, you're not going to get anywhere. I, and I, I don't, again, I'm, I'm terrified for Ron. Not that I care about his well-being, but he gets on stage with Trump. It's, oh my God, I'm, I'm terrified for what he's going to hear. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean it was. <laughs> get his ass handed to him. 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I that, that's like the one thing I've been like looking forward to uh, in all of this is Who just deeply like insecure people, just like yeah, like, like one... just. <laughs> it's like the one silver lining of all of this. Is it's like you know, like not and the, not, but you know, even prior to the the arrest, but you know, we'll see how like the arrest actually like uh you know, pairs into this. Like, do we, like, does Trump zoom in from his cell? Like, <laughs> I don't think it'll come to that, but that would, God, that would be a heck of a visual. Um, I mean, that, that that's really the concern at play here, right? Because it's, like, it's unprecedented for a president to be indicted like this. Like, I, this is something I did not expect to see happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Will this lead to formal filing of charges and potential punishment? That's that's the thing that remains to be seen as well. Yeah, and yeah, because like, that's yeah, because I, that's the thing too. Because like, you know, it's like are, you make a big deal, like like oh, he was the first president impeached twice, which like doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day. Right. Um, first president to you know. Be a former president to be indicted. Like, well, unless there's consequences, that also doesn't really mean anything either. Exactly. And I think like that's the the horror of a of a of a Trump to like a system that's been mired in a culture of respect for norms and these ideas of decency, right? Is that if you have no shame, you're not going to. It doesn't matter if these things stick. You know? Well, and even layered on top of that is, and you've, you were kind of talking about, um, we were talking about like the Bush administration earlier and stuff like that. Like, just like the proliferation of like that unitary theory of the executive under Bush. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Primarily is exactly what led you to this situation, right? Like, all of the criminal uh, wrongdoings from, uh, you know, Trump in his time in office, was all kind of just dismissed as like, well, he's the president, therefore there should be no consequences. And even now, right, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know, like, the, the logic to me never really held any weight, but the idea of like, you know, oh, well, he's the former president, you know, he's, well, he's the former president, so he still can't be held legally viable. And it's just weird, and like some people um, have kind of, and I, I think this is disingenuous too, the notion that um, having a uh, former presidents be legally indicted like makes them like more interested in like maintaining power which again like could just be solved by like you know having you know <laughs> potential consequences when they're in office if they're bad enough too um and other just i don't know there's just a lot of like weird dumb arguments I think are being put out there that like, you know, it's like I, I think it's just fundamentally ties to the fact that there's just a severe lack of uh, legal imagination among the American people. Exactly. When there is a legal imagination, it's always to deploy like the worst excesses of uh, either our imperialism abroad or trying to come up with new ways to deny american citizens their own rights unfortunately yeah and if, if i don't know if a shred of that imagination was applied for you know something that could limit that kind of power or something that did did you know anything good for people um maybe we might not be in this position but at again like i don't know if i'm being overly cynical here but if we've hit a point where like an executive is being indicted 
and we don't have precedent for it. And there's not even like a clear consensus among the people who handle this stuff about where they would like to see this conclude. We're we're seeing an already stressed system under a new degree of stress that it hasn't endured before. Will it will anything come of it? I don't know. I really am not in the business to predict anything anymore. But um I do th- I do stand by this idea that like the constitutional order we have has not been adjusted for current conditions at all. You could argue the conditions it was establishing weren't necessarily sustainable to begin with. And that's a yet another reason why we find ourselves in the situation we're in today. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that is a bit too uh, dour of a, of a position to take, but that's kind of what I see is like, there's this, these arcane rulings and it's all Byzantine and uh, constitutional law is one of those fields where it's like, either you are a charlatan finding a way to like do like uh new forms of torture or or uh you are too scared to change anything because you have your hands tied by um your faith in in, in civic religion well yeah i mean the, the whole notion of like you know constitutional law it's just all like you know it's it's the mechanism through which we debate you know the level of power that we want one side to have right you know we we want to maximize the power of you know whatever vehicles um you know typically republicans do this um you know they they want to maximize the executive when they are hold it when they hold the presidency they want to maximize you know or minimize the federal government and at the expense of the states when they control more states than you know they have power in the federal government and vice versa it's it's all just a you know this framework that is so loosely defined and we're and, and you know part of our civic religion really is that you know that's part of the beauty of the constitution right is that it was this flexible document uh that's allowed it to persist uh as long as it has and you know there's clear loopholes and issues that have emerged because of that flexibility yeah that's um, especially when we define you know loose rules past that point yeah and the, this is again my cynicism showing through where it's like is it flexible or is it just like uh bourgeois interest seeing where the wind is going that day well i, I mean i think well i mean because you know on, on either side of the aisle really right the bourgeois interest is pretty well represented yeah. Uh, so, like, that's you know always going to be the framework that's sort of always you know promote um, you know promoted and whatnot by the you know court systems. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I had a I had a point on the outline, which is like, what is reasonable to expect moving forwards? And I, I think we're just trying to say like, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. Um... Yeah, like it, it's all kind of an, an unknown at this point. Um, you know, hopefully it will kind of, uh, you know, like one can hope that you know you'll get you know an outcome that's desirable. But you know, it's nothing I'm gonna put money on. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just kind of the nature of this, right? And I, and, it, and it's funny too because I think on the. Uh, yeah, that, that was another point I was thinking too earlier was that 
I, the way that conservatives have weaponized the whole like, oh, if we don't stop this, then they'll come for us too. Mm-hmm. The way they they just like appropriated that right when like that's always been used as kind of like you know like as a means to like protect minority groups right. But here it's like if they don't pr- we don't protect you know our corrupt leader from indictment, then they can come for all of us. <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculous, but. Yeah, it's a lot of unknowns. Uh, it's exciting, I guess. Like you know, it's exciting until it's not. But uh, it's definitely interesting, nonetheless. It, it is. It's definitely a new, a new uh, arena of possibility. And what's been just—I've said this before—but like a, a miasmic couple weeks. Yeah. Um. I'm trying. I'm trying to see what else we have here. Um, it's the only other thing I got. Uh, what does this mean for the Trump brand? Is the brand tarnished, or is his faith uh, still going to be a constant among his uh, most ardent followers? I mean, the Trump brand is really kind of divided in half, right? It's you know, yeah. it's a brand of you know, winning and you know, glory and whatever to his supporters, and it's a brand of you know unmitigated corruption and you know bigotry and all that to everyone else and um i don't think this changes it one way or the other um for other people right i mean i i maybe if it's possible that like there might be that like one or two moderate voters like oh wow like he's indicted maybe he was actually bad uh because they you know those people tend to have a little bit more faith in the legal system um Mm -hmm. i i would I mean, you'll probably see people online, you know, claiming like, "Oh, I was a Democrat until like they indicted Trump," because um, that's just unfair. Like, always made up. Those those yeah, things never happen. I was like, a Democrat until trans people. Like, nah. Yeah, it's know. yeah. Like, I don't, I don't the conspiracy theory. I don't think those people are real. <laughs> <laughs> you might have reason to believe that. Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm I'm really not sure what else to make of um, everything we've discussed so far. I think like I've hit my wall with this, but you know, this will continue to come up in our coverage now that we're back. That's the silver lining of these events. We're back. Yeah. Um. Any anything else you want to add? Or something um... that I missed. I think we really covered uh, most of it, right? I mean, there's there's definitely you know more we could talk about about like all of these uh, ghouls running in the primary or possibly running in there, but uh, we will save that for the future as it uh, unfolds in various uh, capacities. Exactly, and that's that's going to be an ongoing circus. That yes. Oh my gosh, we 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 should get some press passes. Honestly, I mean, we should have fun <laughs> with this. I don't know. Live stream, live stream the debates. <laughs> Should we do it like a Twitch stream kind of setup, and then good? Uh, I don't know. What I would love to see is debate health bars, but I don't even know how you could figure that. I could have fun with that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I guess. I guess before we move to closing out, then um, I did want to say that at the time of recording, it is. Uh, transgender day of visibility i just you know in the wake of everything that's been going on it's been 
it's been incredibly shitty the way that uh, one of the most vulnerable communities in our country and in the world is um, being turned into political cannon fodder um, for yeah. this stupid ass culture war that none of us want. Um, and you know, us here at the greenhouse, we hear you, we see you, we support you. One hundred percent. We we are. I am. Re- I am ready to throw hands. Parody <laughs> sets are in the Minecraft server, but you hear me. And uh, you know, one day we will have not just Trans Day of Visibility, but Trans Day of Victory. I believe that. Yeah, I mean, we got to hold out hope, and uh, you know. Fight the good fight uh, through nonviolence, you know, for the sake of uh, you know legal disclosures there. Um, but yeah, we must we must work within and without the system. Interpret that how you will. <laughs> uh, we don't take we don't take responsibility for how you interpret that. But again, again, it's like like we mentioned earlier is that reactionary politics is born of a death drive and. That's that's where I see myself is against that. We want a politics of life, specifically one where people are, you know, allowed to live in dignity and just be themselves. God, that's all we want. Yeah. Um so Josh, uh anything you want to plug before we close out? Um I've got my other podcast, the uh, Monster Pop Podcast. You can follow that. Uh, also, wherever uh, podcasts are uh, seen. Uh, again, you know, we sort of paralleled that here with uh, Trump. You know, in his wrestling intersection. Uh, also, the situation kind of similar to uh, one that we talked about um, a few months ago with Vince McMahon, where he basically faced no uh, consequences for his. Uh, <laughs> pretty similar actions actually hush money to uh for sexual harassment and sexual favors that were uh, acquired from various people so you know uh i'm always reluctant uh to uh embrace any optimism when it comes to legal repercussions for um this kind of stuff but uh you know fingers crossed that maybe something doesn't work out for trump I, I hope uh, the legal system gives him the Rikishi stink face. <laughs> That's what I hope for. Um, yeah. It's been a minute since I've done the closeout. Let's see. Uh, this has been another episode of Greenhouse Gaslighting. You were joined by me, Adi, and Josh. Uh, you can find the link tree with all the places you can find us on the internet in the description below. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at @podgreenhouse for updates. Uh, Till next time, we'll see you again. Take care.